0: Take the pressure off yourselves to know ahead of time whether or not it will work and give yourself permission to experiment and enjoy getting it wrong, knowing that you will attune to the other person and yourself and you'll find your way through together because different things work with different people. Hello everyone, it's Dr. Yvette Erasmus and welcome to another episode of Conversations from the Heart. You are in the right place if you are longing to use words in authentic, kind and direct ways to connect more deeply and to make a meaningful and positive impact on the world at home and at work. Do you want to have a new kind of conversation with both yourself and others? Let's dive in. Let's start with Hanley. Henley, are you available to chat a little bit? Where are you? I am available. Yay! Hi, welcome. Hi, Uncle. <laughs> I'm so glad. Okay, I'm just gonna read your question and then let's chat. So the request is how to give myself empathy. After a friend became something more to me, but not for the other person. How do I navigate? So tell me more. It sounds like you developed feelings for somebody and it's not reciprocated. Am I getting that right?
1: I thought it was reciprocated and then it kind of felt strange over the next two days after and I kind of asked them, can I have a conversation? Because I don't know where I stand. And then we had the conversation and now I know what's going on, but I don't know how to navigate. Do I leave the friendship? Do I start something new? Do I just move away? Do I? How
0: do I even navigate? I don't know. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So let's start with how are you feeling about the updated information? A lot. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's, was there some sadness, some disappointment, some relief? Sadness, disappointment, a bit of resentment, a bit of fear, and a bit of loneliness as well. Okay. Being alone in the situation. Okay. Okay. That will make it really hard to just be friends right now, right? Yeah. yeah it sounds like... If I were in your shoes, I'd be giving myself a lot of time to let all of the emotions metabolize first. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I've already started. I, I told
1: the person, like, I don't want to speak to them for a while. <laughs> you yeah. know how long that's going to be, but I'm guessing like a week or two or something. I'm not putting a date or time on it. I'm just giving myself
0: time, whatever. It really sounds wise to me, like you are following your own inner guidance about what it is you do and don't need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. NVC has been helping. Good. (laughs) NVC can be very helpful. For those of you who don't know, that's nonviolent communication, which is one of the central Mm -hmm. practices we do here. So, yeah, it can be very helpful. So, in this moment, as you sit with that, what feels alive for you? I'm confused. About how
1: this person can like how can he make a move and then not feel the same?
0: Uh-huh. You feel like he was behaving in ways that mean something to you that it turns mm. out didn't mean the same thing to him. Am I hearing that right? Yeah. And the answer to your question is people have different meaning making systems. And that can be really disorienting when we realize that when we were assuming shared understandings. Yeah. To me, it felt like obvious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you could ask the other person, did this mean something different to you or did you change your mind? Okay. Right? Because it could be one of two things. Sometimes people take things much more casually than other people do. And sometimes people don't know how to update one another yeah, as noticing and evolving for them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that land? What happens in you when you hear it that way or that piece? It feels quite accurate. It, it mm-hmm. feels like that is what has happened
1: within him, both actually. Mm-hmm. It's been meaning to the situation and that, it, that it's more casual for the other person mm-hmm. and also that they're not really good at communicating Where they are at, Mm -hmm. like, I have to kind of, from my side, ask what I need to be able to get to a place of understanding. Yeah, without both assuming we know what the other one is saying or meaning. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Are there any questions? Mm -hmm, Yeah, I can ask myself to navigate
0: through this. Hmm. What a beautiful question. I love your question. Do you have any that come to mind, having just gone through it? Things that you notice yourself asking, or wish you had asked? Not
1: necessarily questions, but I have been writing things down. Yeah. things that frustrate me, things that I wish I maybe said, or mm-hmm. things that are meaningful to me that I would like the other person to understand. I love But that. I don't have,
0: <laughs> I don't have any specific questions to ask. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to just think up questions out of context a little bit, but let me tell you a little bit of what I'm thinking as you're asking that question. Where my mind went instantly was this polarity that we're often holding in relationships. It lives in me like, I want to be self-responsible and I want to reveal to you what's happening for me and I want to be empowered and conscious and asking for what I'm needing and wanting. Like I really want to show up with as much consciousness and compassion and connection as I can. Like I, I want to be responsible for what it is that I'm bringing. And that's both in what I'm revealing to you and what I'm asking for from you in information. Like that's one piece of it. And then one of the ditches on each side of that road that, I, that I'm that i aware of that can happen is I also don't want to overfunction. I don't want to carry the relationship by myself where I'm doing all of the consciousness work, all of the communication work. I'm asking all the questions and it's out of balance. And I don't want to fall into the other ditch on the other side, which is that I don't ask for anything and I don't reveal anything because I don't want to do any of the work, right? So that, what I was thinking about as you were asking that question was, wow, there's some core balance here of really bringing my whole self and then watching what the other person does with it and what they are and aren't able to bring. And then checking in with myself all the time. Is this in a zone that I'm willing to work with? Is this enough? Is it not enough? And then trusting the answers that I'm getting for that.
1: I like the core balance part because I am. there's there's a part of me that doesn't want to say anything. And there's a part of me that wants to say everything yeah, there's a part of me. This says like I can't navigate. I'll just say nothing, but I can't <laughs> not so I like that description. uh-huh, yeah. So I can feel it's like there's two buckets carrying two buckets, not mm-hmm. having either one too full, but just having that balance,
0: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I, I I know that place. One of the things that I often do with that when I'm finding myself there is I mm-hmm. build in more time for myself to process privately and with good friends, all of the different voices and aspects before I bring it to the relationship itself, if it's high stakes for me. Because there's two things I'm always wanting. I want to really know all of the different parts of me and all of the voices in me that want to be seen and heard and known and expressed. And I want to be wise about which of those parts really contribute to the relationship that I'm wanting to build and which of those parts are really my own healing work to do. And I find for myself, I need time. Yeah, I need time. I need journaling. I need to be able to talk it out with people. I need to metabolize my own emotions so that I'm not just reacting out of a desire to alleviate a feeling. You know, like Mm -hmm. there's all of those steps that contribute to a wiser, more choiceful and connected way of being in the relationship? I don't know. How does that land on you? It lands well. My mind just
1: goes forward and then it gets scary. Like, what if the person then walks away? What if the decision
0: I have to make is to walk away? And you know what I tell myself in those moments? Whatever emerges naturally will be wise and I will be ready for it when it happens. I will be okay no matter what. That the peace that I really want to bring is truth-telling and kindness. And then I, I soothe myself into like um, relaxing into the process. That it's like, if I, if I can be as kind as possible and as honest as possible, then I'm just gonna see what happens. Because the kind of relationships that I want in my life are built on that. And any relationships that cannot be built on kindness and truth-telling need to fall away. And I don't want to get attached to something that actually ultimately won't be good for me. How does that land? Yeah. It makes
1: me think of a phrase that says, What is good for me is good for you. Because yeah. then yeah, because then if you stay in the relationship and you don't have that truth and that that kindness, then you're building up resentment or other stuff. And then right. the other person feels that and they don't feel loved. And it's just like this vicious cycle of not getting our need met. Exactly. I really like that. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What else comes up for you right now? Is there anything else remaining in this moment that you want to say, share, ask? Mm. Um,
1: I definitely felt that I didn't want to speak to anyone else about this. <laughs> I didn't want opinions at the moment. No,
2: no, no, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
1: I value that I can bring it to this place and feel mm. safe in this moment you're
0: so welcome do you feel like you you got a little bit of what you were needing yeah lovely lovely it's lovely to meet you and be in conversation with you I'll be curious to know how it goes feel free to come back at any time and give us an update well with that let's go to Erin are you willing to chat with me a little bit it's a somewhat related question I think I'm feeling demand energy with urgency towards my partner regarding starting up some intentional communication practice with me or starting couples therapy. This came up after I realized he wasn't, quote unquote, just being a good listener. I would like advice on how to bring this back up in a gentle way. So where would you like to start, Erin? What are you imagining saying? We had like some really intense conversation
3: recently that went on hours of time. And the reason why was because I was never getting my feelings validated mm. or, or, or and he wasn't even expressing that he heard what I was saying or understood where I was coming from or anything like that. So they were incredibly long, emotional, heavy conversations anyway during those conversations, I got a commitment from him that we would do intentional communication work. I said, we can listen to the NBC book or anything you bring up, or we could go to therapy, like whatever you want. I just feel like we really need to intentionally get at this. And he chose the NBC book, Mm -hmm. but there's not been any forward motion on it. So he did listen to one of your conversations of the heart. I like sent him the empathy one. And then there was one about self-care and all that. I sent all that. Mm -hmm. And he did listen to it. Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit about it. But then we got into another conversation where it wasn't productive. And... I'm just like, and I have been like, when he asked, I'm like, I'm listening to Yvette's podcast. I'm reading the book. Like I'm trying to lead by example Mm -hmm. without bringing, I've been trying to do that without bringing it back up, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I've been obsessively thinking about it.
0: Would it be true to say, I'm just speculating a little, that the thing you're really wanting from him is more empathy and more receiving of you? Yes,
3: I I want to feel understood, desperately want to feel understood. And that mm-hmm. is something that's come up in my life, in my past. This is something I've always mm-hmm. had a strong need to feel understood. Mm-hmm. But also from him, I feel like I'm constantly in these conversations trying to prove that I'm justified in the way I feel. Mm, okay, we and can stop is, doing that. Yes, it's like, it won't even be a topic between us. I mean, if it were, it would get defensive on his end. But if this is like just something that's coming up from work, and instead of him going, God, yeah, that is really frustrating and saying like, you shouldn't take on so much from work. And I'm just like, have you not been listening this whole time? St- <laughs> I'm reading you the text directly to me from my boss. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then yeah. I feel like I'm like going at different angles, trying to get him to say like, yes, you're justified. Instead of saying you shouldn't be taking this on so much.
0: Yeah. So when you say, I'm feeling really frustrated, you'd like him to join you there and say, yeah, that does sound frustrating.
3: Right. Instead of judging that I shouldn't be Mm -hmm. taking it on.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's his socialized way of trying to help you. Right. Yeah.
3: In that moment, for the first time, I was able to stop him and say, stop. Right now, I really need From you just to feel like you understand why I'm frustrated, not try and solve it for me right Mm -hmm. now in this moment. Mm -hmm. And then he did actually, for the first time, let me say, like, yeah, when you don't do that, my inner being is constantly trying to like find ways to get you to see I'm justified and how I feel. And Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, you're like, you're doubling down. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I do think in that moment that he, he heard me, but I'm still missing that agreement, that intentional seeking out that I just don't think he's going to do, you know, for the you, communication stuff.
0: Sort of wishing that he were more intrinsically motivated and curious from his own inner self to do this work and not just <laughs> as a checkbox to be a good partner for you. Right.
3: I'd like him to find value in it, mm-hmm. not did. just
0: for me, but for his family. And- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, want, you sort of are, are hoping that he values the introspective personal growth, um, examining and critiquing cultural ways of being conditioned and wanting to join you in breaking out of that and sort of forging your own more connected path through it.
3: I would love that, but after I've been listening, I know that that is like a really, if he's not already doing it, he probably is not going to do it.
0: Well, I'm hearing that he's really willing. I'm hearing that he's open to reading, that he's listening to podcasts, that when you have the discussion with him and point out more of what you're wanting, that he's not defensive about it and that he stays engaged with you. Is that true?
3: Well... He's done it one time, you know what I mean ok.
0: Let's build on it, but when you say he's done it one time, I, I I hear maybe you're feeling a little tentative and not sure that you can trust it. Like one instance is not enough to override this entire pattern that you've been living with until now. And so you you're not sure if if you can really put a lot of stock in the one time
3: right. And and because it wasn't like a direct thing that he could feel defensive about, you know, it wasn't personal. I do feel like it was easier for him to hear. Yeah, it's just, yeah. he just had recently had a very long drive that he didn't listen to anything. Like he's got a family member that's practicing with their partner that he hasn't talked to about <laughs> He's so like
0: in- dropped it with me. Got it. You know? Yeah. So in this moment, as we're sitting with all of that, How can I be most useful to you? Can you help me
3: phrase bringing like really part of me feels like we just need to
0: see a couple's therapist. Got it. I might say something like this. Dear, dear partner, um, I have loved all of your willingness to join me in building the kind of relationship that I want. And I would then point out to him the things that are going well remember that time when I said this and you got it and I feel like we could make a lot of progress and I'm really appreciating the openness and willingness with which you're showing up. One of the things I'm noticing in me is that I want to feel like I can just be your partner in it because I want to join you and be in it with you as um, an equal participant and what I'm noticing is that I'm instead leading and cheerleading and showing and teaching and that's not the role that i want in our relationship you could not have said that any better okay good and so one of the things that would really help me is for us to have a third party helping both of us because that way i could be in it with you and i i don't want to be in the dynamic where i'm teaching you and i think you probably don't want that either do you Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That's what you needed?
3: (laughs) Exactly. exactly.
0: I'm so glad. (laughs) I'm so glad. You
3: you tapped into what I couldn't actually, exactly how I feel, but I couldn't, like I wasn't bringing it to the surface. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Thank you. I I feel some relief that we got there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, that brings me some delight and happiness when I feel like, okay, we got the thing that was right at the edge of awareness into the space in a way that feels like it's actionable and practical. For real. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Good luck. Great. Thomas, do you have a question?
2: I'm trying to source the question. I'm building into this conversation and being one that tries to listen deeply and has deep empathy I've also been on the other side of the coin where I've been evaluated as not giving that that's needed. Mm-hmm. And I know from my own roots that I want to be seen and see, and I want that connection myself, trying to suss out what is the question here? If I were Aaron's partner, how could I communicate and show up and I already hear the scorecard going. I've I got one that might be a, on my score in my favor, but I'm still at a deficit here.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think what you're asking is, if I'm the partner who isn't quite nailing what the other person is needing, what can I do to help that situation? What are some moves that I might have at the ready? Is that true? Is that what you're asking?
2: That would help me with the, my skillfulness um, and trying to... Show up because, um, especially the more nonviolent communication individuals have, I feel like I'm much more on the oh, I didn't say that right, I didn't do that right. Yeah, how do I find my footing again? And where do I because I'm wanting to be seen and heard and valued too?
4: Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Um, the so first, first, I love your question, Thomas. It's a very tender and real and universal question that I think a lot of people might be asking. So in that sense, I I just want to acknowledge that. The second piece is it's a really complex question. And so I'm going to try and keep it simple for a moment. And it's going to be a little bit of an oversimplified reply. Okay. There's a combination here of factors that we want to be working with. There's the stuff that I'm conscious of that I can learn to be skillful in my communication, what I'm conscious of. That's what I can communicate skillfully. But there is, for most people, much more stuff that we're unconscious of that is also operating in any given relationship. And it's very difficult to be skillful and aware with our unconscious material. And the unconscious material is just going to show up and influence everything in ways that will feel disorienting and confusing to people. And the fix to that is self-connection and self-awareness and healing work. So I can only be as available and connected to you as I already am to me. And I can only be offering to you what I have learned how to offer myself. So there's an interaction there. And I, I almost want to soften the way that I'm saying it, because it's not an only if then conditional thing. It's a mutually informing thing. Like these two things sort of amplify each other. So if I am in a relationship with somebody And I'm not aware of some of the stuff that I'm doing. I have a blind spot. That blind spot is going to show up in that relationship as conflict. The other person is going to have some kind of thing that they want me to be aware of. And I'll tell you one of the things that people have often wanted me to be aware of in conversations is the intensity that I can bring. Like I have had feedback from people that, my God, you can be so intimidating and so intense. And I don't see myself that way. I really I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm very kind and I'm very gentle and I'm very lovely. But when I get activated, you guys, I am freaking intense. And I've needed people to tell me that because they shy away from me when I get like that. Because I can get very intense. So it it shows up as conflict where somebody else goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And me going, wait, what why? What what's wrong? Like I don't see this about myself yet. So then the one commitment or being in connected relationships, is being willing to become aware of that which we do not know about ourselves yet. And what I hear a lot in relationships between genders that have been socialized differently, now I'm not going to say all men, all women, it's it's not like that. But if you have a lot of very traditional male socialization or very traditional female socialization, there is an interaction where these two socialized selves are very, very likely to miss each other and to be bewildering to one another. And so if we're going to begin building those bridges, we need two people who want to get aware of it and take responsibility for it without making the mistake of thinking that that's who they are. And so that can be inner work where I'm not identified with my defensive strategies. I begin to see through my defensive strategies and I'm not identified with my socialized self. I begin to work creatively and compassionately with my socialized self. And so um, if I'm the one in the relationship that is perhaps not being empathic, or I'm getting feedback from my partner that they don't feel seen or, or received by me, and I have the reaction of, well, what about me? I also want to be seen and received. Then that's a cue that there's a deficit in this particular relational frame. We've got two people who haven't had their needs to be seen and heard and received well enough met, and we can begin holding that as a dilemma. We hold it as a both and. It sounds like the way that I'm showing up doesn't meet your needs to be seen and heard in the way that you really enjoy. And I'm noticing when I get that feedback, I have a parallel thing coming up in me that makes it really difficult for me to give you the thing you're needing because I don't feel like I'm getting enough of it either. How can we work with this differently? That would be one of the ways. Now, there's a lot of complexity here, and I just want to acknowledge that. But as a just a start and a direction to begin looking at, Thomas, how does what I've said so far land on you?
2: First of all, I feel like there needs to be some room for your intensity and everyone's intensity when we're feeling something. I think the feeling is um, needs to be accepted in our society.
0: Wouldn't that be lovely if we could all relax around each other's intensity? I know. The thing that would make that happen is if intensity didn't turn into violence.
2: Well, and that's, I'm never a proponent of violence, but at the same time, there's so much, and I don't want to take any more of your time here with this, but I just feel like there's a lot to unpack here yes. on, on both sides of the coin.
0: A hundred percent. I agree.
4: And
2: I appreciate what you're doing here. Um, i do feel like a lot of times i'm the one that's always doing the work on myself yeah and going back to doing the work on myself and there's still these gaps in yeah. uh connection yeah um, at the point where i feel like how much do i just keep flaying myself open to be the one that has to do the work and i think a lot of times it's admitting both sides i like the um mid part i i can't articulate i'll try to save the words later but um That we both have stuff going on. And I think that's the biggest acknowledgement uh, that we need to all get to is we have both. I have things that keep me from the relationship I want. And yes, those things um, play out in both parties. Usually it's not usually just one way, one person. Yes. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. I I love the last thing you said, and I want to just amplify it and then I'm going to move on to Laura. But if we can get the conversation away from What's wrong with you and what's wrong with me and what do you have to fix and what do I have to fix and how do you have to improve and how do I have to improve? Like if we can get out of that into, here is the work I want to be doing for me. What is the work you want to be doing for you? And how do we help one another in loving and compassionate ways with, our, with each other's personal growth work? Not as a way of earning love, but a way of being loving. That would be a fundamental shift. So let's, uh, we'll come back to this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas. Okay. Let's move on to Laura. Hi, Laura. Um, Hi. Your question. Hi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How to redirect a group conversation when my mother speaks about herself for longer than I enjoy and doesn't ask questions of or show interest in others in the group, especially newcomers? What have you tried? Where do you get stuck? I've tried
4: if there's a little gap, like on Monday. I was with my son and his wife and his new in-laws, who are just lovely, lovely people, and brought my mom. And when there were gaps, I just tried to ask someone else a question. But that kind of was hooked to that. But, you know, it's like I was grateful that she's participating. She's 92 and that she wasn't unkind to anyone. She has a very sharp tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my sister's first question when I told her about it was, did mom behave? I was like, yes, but it would be nice. You know what I mean? So she's meeting her needs for that's how she knows to connect, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just sad because I didn't really get to know, you know, the other people there. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I didn't really, I oh, didn't sorry. say anything to her. huh. yeah. Yeah.
0: It sounds like you're being really thoughtful about a variety of things. And so I have a couple of questions or comments. I'm not sure what they are yet. But one, I guess I have a question that comes up around intention and what all is happening in you in that moment. You know, like, are you motivated to, is it a a motivation to protect other people, to include other people? Is it that you are not enjoying it and you would like to be somewhere else? How much of this is you looking after you and your well-being and how much of this is you tending to the well-being of others like I, I, that's what do you think
4: <laughs> that's a really great question i would say it's 75 percent looking after others you know like these two fascinating people couldn't get a word in edgewise
0: so let me pause you there just for this yeah. micro moment, because I think this mm-hmm. is a lovely opportunity to get clear on a micro moment that happens for a lot of us. The two people, the two lovely people who can't get a word in edgewise, it's their job to get a word in edgewise if they want it. That's one way to think about it. They may be quite happy not getting a word in edgewise. We don't know. And if they do want to get a word in edgewise, that's actually on I, I, when I say on them, I don't mean that in a blaming way. I just mean like yeah. you can hand that responsibility back to them. Sometimes I think what happens and tell me if this is not you, I mean, this may not be you, but sometimes what happens is people start feeling anxious on behalf of other people getting their needs met. And then they want to help other people get their needs met. But the other people that they're trying to help are not advocating to get their needs met. And so that can be a complex moment. It could be an act of compassion and kindness. It could be an act of codependence. We don't know, but we want to be thoughtful about what are the dynamics in that situation. What I would say is if you in that moment are beginning to feel some anxiety, or you in that moment are beginning to feel some tension, or you in that moment would like to hear from so-and-so about XYZ, you get to say that. You get to advocate for your needs And it may be like asking a question of somebody else or naming what's happening for you and asking how other people are doing if it's, uh, you know, if you want to make the process explicit. So there's just, there's a lot that we could do depending on the intention that you have and who you're primarily trying to care for in that group setting. What comes up hearing those pieces so far?
4: Yes. And I, I got, greater clarity about, okay, I can put down that piece. Okay. Um, and that's actually easy. I just needed awareness about that. Great. Um, but there are two other elements. I was really mourning not getting to know them better because mm. they're really fun people. Mm. You know, my daughter-in-law's parents, like just really, mm. and have such interesting mm. like Renaissance type lives. I wanted to learn about that. Mm -hmm. and and they came from out of town. Mm -hmm. And the other part was we're of different cultures, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to thank these pushy Mm fill-in-the-blank for our group. Mm -hmm. You know, I just felt like as a representative of our (laughs) group, it's like, oh, my God, Mom, please don't reinforce the stereotype.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you really want to be seen and known for your desire to see and know them And that's what you wanted to have communicated in that moment. And there was some sadness and frustration about not figuring out a way to get that message conveyed. Yeah. Yeah. And then noticing how there's a pattern in the family system of letting mom have more airtime, which then leads mom to be the representative by default and not an accurate one about how other people are feeling and feeling some inner conflict around that. Yeah. And and what choices do you see with that awareness? You know, what what are the choices that feel doable to you or appealing to you? And which ones don't feel doable and appealing to you?
4: Well, I would love actually, it does feel appealing if it can be done skillfully and not embarrass her in any way, like mm-hmm. how to make it explicit mm-hmm. to the group. Mm-hmm. You know, where she's telling stories from. Her teaching career from 50 years ago that I've heard 10 times. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and that really are kind of self glorifying. So they're just, you know,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So noticing mom's deep needs to be seen and heard and seen and heard and seen and heard to the exclusion of other people in the room being seen and heard and feeling into the pain and frustration you feel witnessing that. Exactly. Yeah. So are you looking for language for how you might make something more explicit? I'm curious about what
4: that would look like because I can't even imagine in my wildest dreams doing that. But if it could be done kindly, Mm -hmm. I would love to have that in my tool bag.
0: One I'm going to invite people who are in who are on the call right now to put in the chat how you would do that just to crowdsource a whole bunch of options because I think depending upon the context this could be done in a wide variety of ways like you you're going to want to calibrate for personality and context and history and power dynamics in the room but if people just to get people a little more actively involved if you have ideas of how you might do that go ahead and put that in the chat you can do classical nvc you can do street giraffe, do whatever you like My style, honestly, Laura would be indirect in in a situation like this. If my mother was in her nineties and I knew that this is just sort of how she is and what she, you know, like I would want to figure out a way of just working with her. And I might say something like, "Um, I know that mom and I have been really interested to know about blah, blah, blah. I would preemptively include her as as if she's also asking the question, even if she isn't. Now, that's going to work well with some people, but not with others. It could be super presumptuous. It could seem like a boundary invasion. Like, again, you really do want to calibrate for context. But it might be something like, oh, mom, that story that you told just reminds me. I wonder if you guys have had a similar blah, blah, blah. I'd find a way of building a bridge between whatever it is that mom is talking about and inviting somebody else in that way. How does that land as one idea? It would work or it wouldn't work?
4: Both of those are great ideas, you know, to include her in the question. And I I can imagine bending it in such a way because in the way past, she was curious about my daughter-in-law's parents or just trying to find a way that that connects, which I was trying to do. And then someone would speak and then she would say, I know what you mean. Yeah. 10 minutes goes by with the story.
0: (laughs) So it's like. Yeah. What happens with your mom if if you stop her? I mean, does she get rageful or does she go into shame or does she flow with it? If you were to say, oh, wait, 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 mom, before you go into that story, I really just wanted to ask quickly, blah, blah, blah. She could roll with that. Great. I would give myself permission to interrupt her a little bit more in a way that is sort of bringing her along with you. Yeah. The trick here is not to do it in a way that is critical or, or making her wrong, which will be hard to do if I'm holding an enemy image of her in my mind about how you go on and on at the same story I've heard a million times. Like, that's like working with that energy first and then bringing her along with me. How How is that landing, Laura? How easy does that seem for you or not?
4: That has become easier because I had just read something, an NBC thing that was so beautiful about Mm -hmm. looking, especially for like holiday things, looking for somebody's needs. So every time I went into that, oh, please don't hold court, mom. Yes. I immediately thought, oh, she's really looking for belonging and to be seen and heard. And it it just changed. It changed it doesn't eradicate the enemy image, but it so softens it.
0: Yeah, good. All of that storytelling is her strategy for connection. The tragedy being it doesn't work. It's not working for her in that moment. But she's not aware of it because she's not self-connected enough to be letting in the feedback from all of the glazed eyes around the table. She's too defended to attune to the impact she's having on other people. And so she does the default socialized thing that she's always done, trying to reach for connection, trying to be seen and heard and valued and to be known, not understanding that the way she's doing it is so non-relational that her needs aren't going to get met and haven't been met when she's done this before. And if we want somebody to wake up to that, the more gentle and loving and understanding we can be, the more likely we will reach them. And the more judgmental and critical and impatient, the more likely they will defend up even more.
4: This is so helpful. Thank you so much. You're Um, welcome.
0: Okay. Josie, how do I know when it's okay to go straight to a specific request, a strategy, and when it's best to ask first how my words are landing and invite them to brainstorm about a strategy?
5: When does this get confusing? Uh, Well, I've just heard you talk about their. There are times when you want to pause after saying, I've noticed this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. There are times that you say, then you might follow that with, mm-hmm. how would it work for you if you did such and such, mm-hmm. right? And you say, like, take the trash out, or would you be willing to blah, blah, blah. And there are other times that you say, it's really important to pause here and check in mm-hmm. and say, how does what I just shared land with you? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about what I just shared? Mm-hmm. And then they share it. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you might follow up with how might you and I brainstorm about um mm-hmm. how to resolve this or how to work through this in a way that works for both of us. So I'm guessing that sometimes it's okay to jump right into how about if this, like offer a strategy. Here's a quick
0: answer to your question. Okay. It's never a question of, is it okay or not? Like, get rid of that question. It's It's always okay. You try something. The key is to be attuned to whether or not it worked and to be willing to shift your approach if the other person is bristling. The key is attunement. It's not knowing ahead of time what the quote unquote right or wrong way of being is. There's no such thing you have a, a list of options. You're intuitively going to grab one of them. You're going to try it out. And the most important thing is that you attune to how it's working for the other person. If it's not working for them, if they're getting more defensive, more in their heads, more intense, that's not working. So then you try something new. But take the pressure off of yourselves, this is for everybody on the call, take the pressure off yourselves to have to know ahead of time whether or not it will work, and give yourself permission to experiment and enjoy getting it wrong, knowing that you will attune to the other person and yourself, and you'll find your way through together because different things work with different people. How's that landing, Josie? I love that. Okay. <laughs> Good. I just. Learned, <laughs> what do you love you know, about that?
5: <laughs> well, what I love is you keep bringing me back over and over again when I ask questions. You keep bringing me back to the heart. Yes. To my heart and to their heart as yes. real people in real time and not studying, memorizing, practicing words. Yes. Which 100%. is what I sent which is what I do a lot. I even do it with my dog, which is helpful. I mean, that's helpful too. I need the language. The language is a
0: lovely tool, but it's not the part of it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. You're so welcome.
5: Just just what I needed. Thanks.
0: Bye. You are so welcome. Okay, good. Bye. Then I'm going to try and squeeze in Judith, I think. And then I would love to get to Prirana and Julia. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to you today, um, but I love your questions, Judith. Question. I would like to ask about how to communicate around people freezing, non verbally disagreeing with something I share as something I like or I'm happy about most of the time. I know it's because I'm not serving someone what they want and they let me know, not by outright disagreement, but it feels more like shame or guilt based. I would like some help with how to respond to the unspoken negativity. And then there's a follow-up, what is the difference between attachment and love connection? So Judith, we have about 10 minutes. What would be most useful to you with the time we have? I think the first question.
6: Okay, great. Uh, My partner um, has uh, very much the willingness and ability to try and understand um, uh, this language or yeah, wants to grow, It's not trying to push it away or it's yeah. not negative towards it but he can't help himself and i me neither that yeah. we're like coming up with this defensive strategies like but i secretly am not participating in this i'm secretly like not working with uh, it uh-huh. it's more in the passive aggressive sense uh-huh. like for uh-huh. example, uh, i told him that i was really happy about um having more time alone yeah away from him and that for him Brings up issues.
0: Uh But
6: I see it works better for our relationship. He actually also sees it. But then part of him hates that I say it because it feels triggered. Yeah. And what he does is not say it, but he goes like freeze. Like a little bit. And I can hear him hold his breath. And I can hear him or I can see him not responding anymore. And it feels like I'm not. It's not okay what I just said. I'm Uh a bit like indirectly blamed, shamed. Uh for just saying that and he's not he feels like oh it's not okay for me to say it there's another part saying you don't say this out loud but you feel like it's wrong that she just said it so I'm angry with her and it's like under the radar anger but I'm a kind of intuitive person so I feel it anyway so I say you're angry with me right now because I said this I think because I feel negativity now all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and he's like Mm, mm. and then i feel like yeah it's true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't know how to handle the moment because he feels like i did if i wanted to say it i did it and i mm-hmm. didn't say it so i don't know how to handle it either because i feel like you're trying to manipulate me slightly yeah
0: yeah, yeah. okay what would it be like in those moments? Let's, let me offer you a different way of, a, a different meaning to make and tell me if it fits or not. If it doesn't fit, we won't go there. But here's an alternative. He goes, y- you say, it's better for us if we are a pot. His intellectual part agrees with you. He can see the rationality of that. But something in his attachment system gets very scared and goes into a freeze mode. The conflict in him between what he knows in his head and what he's feeling in his body causes him to stall out, and he loses access to the conscious verbal part of himself that knows how to talk about it. And then you interpret it as anger or something is wrong, and you have a reaction, maybe also an anxiety because you want to stay in connection. And you don't know how to connect with him because he also doesn't know how to connect with himself because he's othering a part of himself that is actually freezing up and shutting down. And now you're both feeling anxious in that moment about a felt sense of there being less connection instead of more connection. And then the explicit content of that conversation is about space, which actually feels activating to both of you. And you're not sure how to find your way back to each other in those moments. What am I getting right what am I getting wrong
6: You had it all right except that I don't think that his whole personality is triggered about having more space because he actually there's also parts who do like it more to have some time right. apart and coming back I know that it's That's not right. not a complete lie or something when he says uh, it Yes
0: He yes a part of him is on board and another part of him is feeling scared Yep yeah. And it's going to be hard for him to say that if he hasn't done a lot of awareness work around that.
6: Yeah, but he, he has it and uh, he's even in IFS therapy. So he knows his part and Beautiful. stuff like that. Beautiful. It's not a, that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. It's just my response to it.
2: Your I, response
0: to it? Yeah. What would be like for you to say in those moments, what's happening in
6: you right now? The problem is more that I start feeling him freezing I know that it's a part of him. I know it's not his whole person, but I,
0: it's like, I feel blamed at that moment. Okay, let's pause there. When you say, I feel blamed, tell me about that moment. What's happening in your, what are you thinking? What's happening in your body? What are you feeling? Tell me more about that experience in you.
6: Well, what happens is that I feel that there will be a consequence or... I worry that I'm going to be punished. Yes, because I want something that he does not want, oh. and sooner or later there will be a consequence for me—an
0: attack, or he will get chinty on me, or he will—he will do something. Yeah. So in that moment, it sounds in you like there's a part of me that is getting scared that when I ask for what I'm wanting that I'm going to be punished for it down the road somewhere, that I'm not allowed to ask for it, that it is injurious to you for me to ask for it, and that I'm going to now pay a price for needing what I need. Is it like that? Exactly like that. Okay. When? How long has that been with you? Is that only with him or has that been in other relationships as well? I got to
6: say that it's in every relationship and with him it's less true because he actually keeps showing up so other people oh. prove me right yeah when i get this and uh-huh. he's actually starting to prove me wrong on it so it's I not like that. he's a bully or whatever it's he's a good
0: person i love that okay so what would it be like in those moments to say it's really you can do it outside you could talk about this f- Outside of a situation, and then in the situation, I'm going to give you two things. Like outside of the situation, I would make this a shared awareness in the relationship. One of the things that I know that happens for me is when I have in my mind the experience, it lives in you unconsciously as I feel blamed. I feel blamed means, if we're going to get a little bit more aware in that moment, I'm starting to get scared that you're going to punish me, reject me, that there's going to be a negative consequence for me needing what I need. And so that my anxiety and my past experience comes up in those moments. Um, And I want us to be able to work with those moments differently when they come up, because you're going into some kind of a shutdown. And then my mind begins imagining and predicting things that have happened in other relationships that you and I are working really hard on not having happen in this relationship, which is why I can talk to you about it. What is something we could do in that moment? And this might be something you think about. What would help in those moments? Could you say to him, I'm getting scared right now that you're angry and going to punish me and I need some reassurance in this moment that we're okay? Would something like that work for you? Or is there something better than that that you would rather ask for? It feels like such a large request when he's so scared. Because how can he promise that he will not act out? So we want it to be about in the present moment, not in the future. So maybe in that moment, it could be, I'm feeling really scared and anxious. Could you lie down on the couch and just hold me? Could you hold my hand? Could we make contact in some way? Maybe we don't, maybe we're not in a place right now to discuss it and understand it, but what would feel soothing and reassuring to both of you in that moment? that would help your nervous systems re-regulate. That's what we're looking for in that moment.
6: So to point out that I feel that there's less connection now, and maybe we both want more connection and to look for a practical way, not an information way to feel more connection.
0: Yes, and another way of saying that is, I'm feeling scared, and I'm wanting to just feel connected to you, but you hold my hand. Are you in a place where we could just hold hands and just... Um, ground ourselves in silence with each other right now and just feel the connectedness between us
6: I, f- I feel really uh, like say um, not sad but touched that you say I feel scared it's like that's what I don't know about myself and I'm always in a way
0: yes yes it feels too scary to feel scared which is why we go into analysis hmm yeah it's easier to think about my desire for connection which gives me a little bit of distance from how vulnerable i'm feeling in this moment Mm. and how badly i don't want to repeat another pattern in this moment yeah yeah and yet the connection comes from the willingness if we're able and sometimes we're not and that's okay to say the feeling to say the vulnerability and to ask for something that will help my nervous system, like literally physical contact, if, if, that's not, uh, if people don't have a particular kind of trauma, physical contact can be really re-regulating. If people have had particular kinds of trauma, it won't be physical contact. But the two of you might be able to, in a less triggered moment, think about, in hindsight, like go back to one of these moments and think, what would you have really loved from me in that moment? kind eyes can go a very long way in that moment, especially when language isn't readily available.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah. How's that landing one year? Very, very helpful. Great. Great. Yeah. One of the things that we're, you know, I was saying at the beginning of the call, um, and this is just a really quick plug, when I was recording, re-recording the Human 101 curriculum, We have an entire module in there right now on re-regulating your nervous system relationally. Because um, when somebody goes into shutdown, that's a nervous system re-regulation issue. It's not necessarily a punishment, an anger, a manipulation. And so it's really about working with our bodies when they go into shutdown or when they go into explosion or when they go into freeze mode. And beginning from the bottom up, when our cultures teach us so much about coming from the top down and the top down very often doesn't work with nervous system re-regulation. We need a lot of bottom-up approaches to balance it out. So yeah, it's a great question. I love that you're bringing that up today. Thank you. Thank you for your answer. Mm -hmm. Do you feel complete enough right now? Is there anything else before we close that you want to say or ask? Well, it's so magical that I've watched the videos
6: of you and then all of a sudden I can talk to the screen. It's like, it's really like I'm in a
4: (laughs) kind of dream.
0: Well, I love meeting you. I love that you showed up here and put something in the chat and were willing to chat with me. That feels like such an honor. Thank you. It has been really lovely being with everybody on the call. Thank you. Thank you for being here and happy new year. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye, everyone. Just a friendly reminder, if this episode resonated with you, please share with your family, friends, and co-workers. And if these conversations leave you wanting more, please consider joining my monthly membership program where you can join me live to keep growing with a community of open-hearted, like-minded people just like you. There are more free resources, including a quiz to help you assess your preferred listening style at eveterasmus.com and a lot of free videos on my YouTube channel. Remember, personal growth is a journey and not a destination. So please keep loving up all your awkward, messy, and imperfect parts as you go. See you next time.